How do I start this? Okay. Hi, my name's Lucky and this is my podcast. Let's get to know each other before I start running my mouth. Okay? Okay. First and foremost, I'm 14. 1 4. 10 plus 4. So if you do the maths, it equals 14. Act accordingly, please, and thank you. Um, I'm non-binary and my pronouns are they, them. So in future, when referring to me, please acknowledge my pronouns. And I'm a Libra. And I think that's all you need to know about me for now. Oh, and before we start this episode, I just want to let you guys know that this is a new project I've started. And I'm recording on my iPad in my mom's car. So don't expect quality audio, but you can expect quality entertainment while I make a fool of myself and share my two cents. In today's episode, I'm going to be talking about an experience that many POC can relate to, and that is the struggles of going to a predominantly white institute as a person of color. Yeah, so let me not waste any more time and let's dive into this convo. Before we can talk about the struggles of going to a PWI, we need to lay a foundation, that being the history of them, why they have lasted so long, and why they're still predominantly white. According to Google, a PWI is an institution of higher learning in which white people account for 50% of student enrollment. And to add my own spin on it, that ratio of white to POC does not exclude teaching staff. And for reference, I am talking about PWIs, specifically primary schools and high schools in South Africa, because those are the only experiences that I've had. I'm pretty sure that everybody knows what a PWI is, but it's given a different name and it kind of disguises itself as something so much more enticing. The name is private school. So from now on, I'm going to be using private school and PWI interchangeably. Private schools in South Africa not only further perpetuate the wealth gap, but further instill the racist rhetoric that being closer to whiteness makes you better than others or you hold a higher position in society than people who don't attend PWIs. I said some big-ass words, but I think I want you to, to take in what I just said. If we didn't know, South Africa has a shocking history of segregation called apartheid. Many people have opinions on the past, what should have happened and what shouldn't have happened, but I'm not going to talk about that right now. What I'm going to talk about is the effects that the apartheid government had on schooling and interracial interactions. For reference, the apartheid government prohibited interracial interactions, whether it was romantic, recreational or social. The only way there was any legal interaction between white people and people of color was if they worked for the white person. That was the only way. And because of this power imbalance, we now associate whiteness with synonymously with power and higher standing. And that sentiment has followed us 27 years into freedom. 27 years and people still carry this judgment. In my opinion, one of the reasons why PWIs are still so prevalent in today's day and age is because of generational wealth. Plain and simple. I'm only going to touch on this subject very lightly because... It deserves its own episode. Generational wealth is a huge determining factor of your future. 
It could be the only thing standing between you and achieving so many things. It could be your dream job, dream school, dream house, literally anything. And even though many people have achieved an abundance of extraordinary things without it, it's still a massive advantage to have when you're working towards a goal. The reason generational wealth aids the survival of PWIs is because these institutions are very expensive. I'm talking millions a year. So when white people send their children to these schools, they're funding the schools and ensuring that they don't perish. And because of the extreme price tags on these places and the wealth gap between people of color and white people, many people of color cannot afford to go to these schools. Even with the scholarships and student programs, there is still a huge difference between the amount of white people and people of color. White people obviously being the majority. Now that we've kind of covered our bases, let's get into the juicy stuff. Not gonna lie, this part of the episode is just me ranting and trauma dumping. So if you want to log off, you can. But if you do, you're anti-black. Um, for legal reasons, I cannot mention names or the names of the schools in which these incidents occurred. But if you know, you know. Okay. So this happened in around grade two or three, and um, I had braids in. They were getting a little bit old, a little bit dusty, as they do. And when they do get old and dusty, they fall out. So one just happened to fall out at school. And um, someone picked it up, and they dangled it around, and they started freaking out when they realized it was my hair, right? And... Even though there were two black girls in the class, I was the only one with braids, so everybody knew it was mine. So I was soon, like, bombarded with questions about, is that your real hair? Why is it falling out? And I was, like, embarrassed at that point. But the when I started feeling like absolute crap is when someone said, ew, that's so gross. And before that, I never really understood why some people were embarrassed to wear their natural hair or wear braids or be black at work or school. And until then, and I guess that was like my awakening, if you could even call it that. (sighs) That day, I went home like feeling like actual guck. Like imagine an eight or nine year old being embarrassed about their race. It's crazy how it may seem so little to some other people, but to me it had such a huge effect on me. And that's not all. So I reached out to people on my Instagram, WhatsApp, and I created a Google form for people to share their experiences and trauma. And let me just say, we all need therapy. Okay, let me just jump into the deep end. A friend of mine said that at their old school, they only let people speak English in Afrikaans. Um, you already know this is about to be hectic. They said that students would get punished for speaking their home languages like Isizulu, Isikosa, Sesotho, and so on. They also mentioned that a friend of theirs was yelled at in assembly by a white prefect and a white teacher who said she wasn't allowed to wear Ispanza. Ispanza, simply put, is a bracelet made from goat skin. And it's attached to your wrist for various traditional reasons. Her friend was forced to take it off and because apparently it goes against the school's code of conduct. When actual fact, the code of conduct allowed cultural and religious accessories to be worn. 
this seems like a very, very, very prevalent issue to this day. I've had friends pulled aside by teachers who told them that what they were wearing was against school policy. And they say the same thing all the time. It's always, did you know this is against the school policy? And when you ask them, how is it affecting your learning? Their response is, well, it's, it's tacky and doesn't go well with the school's uniform. Girl, what? How the hell does me practicing my culture have anything to do with the school? Um, another person said that going to a school with majority white people, then going back home, you're kind of ridiculed for acting white at home. Because of the nature of the institution, they had to learn English at a young age, which resulted in them losing their home language, which further resulted in them feeling a disconnect between them and their culture. Uh, this one, yo, hi, uh, uh, let's talk about it. I feel that many POC can relate when I say that losing your home language is one of the most frustrating things to experience because of the fact that you're distanced from your own culture because you can't speak the knack. This also plays into the whitewashing and code switching narrative. Even though code switching and whitewashing are two different things, they intersect each other. Code switching is a defense mechanism that is vital to the survival of a person of color in a PWI and in life in general. Code switching can be defined as the alternation of speech styles or patterns. The reason why it's so important to a person of color survival is because we have to alter our personalities and behaviors depending on the people we are around. For example, when I enter the school gates, I'm Jotogo, the bubbly social black student who gets a, along with almost everyone. When I'm with my friends, I'm Lucky, the loud opinionated jokester. And when I get home, I'm Muloko, the fast mouth, forward, stubborn firstborn. Even though these are totally different people, they're all me. Even, even though code switching can be very, very, very important and very, very helpful, it's also really detrimental to your self-discovery journey because you never really know who is the real you. Whitewashing, however, is different. Whitewashed is a derogatory term to describe a minority who has assimilated to white Western society or it can be described as a patronizing term for used for non-white usually black people who don't fulfill their negative racial stereotypes this term you insultingly implies that one's ethnic identity is mutually exclusive to the lifestyle and respect that a white person can expect in their lifetime this basically means that the people who are whitewashed don't fit into the box that white people have created for that particular race. But white people are not the only ones who enforce these stereotypes. I have found that it, in our own communities, we still live by these stereotypes and we further classify our own people. The amount of times that I've been told that I act or sound white is un believable all that's all the circles back to the statement about people associating whiteness with higher standing and all of that telling me i sound white because i speak correct english is so damaging and i don't think people actually understand that we should not be associating proper english with whiteness it pushes the narrative that if 
you can speak English, you are closer to whiteness, which leads back to the whiteness being synonymous with higher standing. I talk a lot, ne? I. Mm-mm. Anyways, someone said that being in a predominantly white school has also caused problems with their self-esteem because skinny white girls would complain that they're ugly when they're literally the beauty standard. Even when it came to boys, okay, so their school was like those all-girls schools that have brother schools and stuff, and all the gents would prefer the white girls, even the black guys. This is honestly so sad because I know so many people who have struggled with embracing their skin and feeling confident in their own bodies. Anonymous wrote, and for reference, they're half Chinese and half Russian. A lot of people assume that they're white or Hispanic, so they feel like they get excluded from the Western description of Chinese or Asian culture, which they're very close to. The Westernization of our cultures is one of the biggest threats to the survival of them and their history. The Westernization can be summarized as the dilution of different cultures for it to be more palatable for white people. This is why we see white people on TikToks teaching spirituality and people recreating our ethnic dishes and kind of changing it completely so it loses its meaning in general. And what they're showing and what they're putting out to the world is a lesser and superficial superficial version of the practices our ancestors have been doing for thousands and thousands of years before. When the colonizers invaded our lives and lands, our ancestors were told that their practices were demonic. And when the white man took over, they brought Christianity. Christianity is not our religion. It was not made for us. But then again, that's another episode. I think that's going to become my catchphrase. I need to trademark that. Hold on. I'm not going to share everyone's stories because some people did ask me not to share them at all. But I can tell you this. Someone needs to pay for these people's trauma counseling because damn. Y'all been through it. And on that note, thank you so much for listening. If there are any other topics that you want me to talk about, DM me on my Instagram will be linked in the description. And that's all from me. Thank you so much for listening.